0: the subject of today's episode is a method of torture that while many including activist groups medical doctors psychiatrists and most news outlets would consider it inhumane and cruel Others, like prisons, mental hospitals, and the governments of entire countries, including one young up-and-coming politician, saw it more as a necessary life-saving procedure. Going as far back as the slave trade and the asylums of 18th century France, and all the way up to today, this method was used on suffragates, rebels, conscientious objectors, suspected terrorists, and even one wrapper. With the use of a chair and some straps, a rubber tube and a jug of milk, this seemingly innocuous process would become the terror of many that dared participate in a very specific type of protest. From Britain and Ireland to Cuba and America, today we cover forced feeding. i'm kevin young
1: and ironically i'm very hungry
0: and this is torture i don't know how hungry you'll be after this one i don't i don't know what uh i don't know what ruins the appetite of dan horrigan
1: not much. I yeah. I haven't actually eaten yet, so um. Oh okay. I will still, regardless, still be hungry. Put it this way: if I could eat my dinner after watching *She's Greater* scene in *The Evil Dead*, I can survive anything.
0: So. I ate sloppy joes after watching my firstborn son be born. Yeah, not that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if that tells you anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which which brings me to what I had mentioned to you right before we, we started recording. Um, So I've been doing, I don't know if anybody else has been, I, I know it, it can be a hassle to do so, but I've been doing our 31-day movie challenge for Halloween. And um, the other night was the other day was The Walking Dead. So, you know, you have a a variety of movies to pick from. Um, And it doesn't have to be zombie. It can be vampire or mummy or Frankenstein's monster. Anything where the dead gets up and walks around. uh, But I've been trying to do movies that I've never seen before. It's the movie that I've always wanted to see. I just never got around to seeing it. So I said, fuck it, I'll watch it. Peter Jackson's 1992 classic Dead Alive. Or brain dead for a lot of people outside of the United States. Never seen it. That might be the bloodiest, goriest, goopiest movie I've ever fucking seen in my life. It's oh. not like, and it's like, you can look like Piranha 3D that has like literal truckloads of blood that were brought in for that fucking movie. That's a lot of, I mean, this was obviously fake blood and fake viscera and fake tissue and fake pus, but my God, there's so much, it's just so, so fucking much. And the goop, just the pus and the goop coming out of things. I got a pretty strong stomach when it comes to that stuff, but there's one scene, and if if you've out there, if you've seen Dead Alive or Brain Dead, um the custard scene. I I don't know if I'll ever eat custard again.
1: Do you ever hear that thing about Thirty Days of Night, which is a fantastic film? Um about there was so much blood that they had to bring in shredded paper to cover up the snow because it just turned to sludge
0: really (laughs) yeah no there's a there's a lot more um whatever you want to call it in this movie there's i mean it's 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 fucking it's just it's the most absurd movie i think i've ever seen i fucking loved every second of it it was great it's like i can't believe this is a peter jackson movie
1: it's brain dead you said yeah
0: yeah I think over over where you're at it's called brain dead here it's called dead alive there was another movie called brain dead that came out like a year before over here um so they changed the name so for copyright issues and and so it wouldn't get confused um
1: yeah I'm pretty sure I've not seen it but I know I know it if you get me I've seen yeah 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 I know exactly what movie that is I've never I've never watched it though um
0: there's a, you know, the lawnmower scene in Sinister. You seen Sinister?
1: Not yet. No, I'm just thinking. I keep oh, hearing about god. something with the lawnmower scene. And, Man, you um, gotta
0: watch that fucking movie. With the lights off, with your wife, with the TV, big ass TV, just like right there in front of you. Oh yeah. god, that is that fucking movie will destroy you. Um, but there's also a lawnmower scene in Dead Alive and it's completely different than the lawnmower scene in Sinister, but much more bloody.
1: Alright. <laughs>
0: oh, it's just it's so, it, from start to finish, it's just the most uh, ridiculous thing I've ever watched. And I will watch it again at some point because it was fucking great. Just so uh, like, I might I watch mean,
1: it myself on the stage, so I don't think it'd be You have to, dude. Urgent. You gotta
0: watch this. You gotta watch. Uh, and, and To go fucking ape shit over a movie that came out in you know 92 uh, is a little odd but dude for fuck's sake a guy a guy's entire internal organs come to life and chase another man around a house (laughs) that's the evil dad (laughs) type shit and even the colon farts it's it it is it's got a lot of those Evil Dead vibes. The uh some of the puppet puppets that, that are in it do bring on Sam Raimi Evil Dead uh two vibes. It, very much so. But alright.
1: Love Evil Dead.
0: I am um, I cus- saw
1: your uh your wife posted something on Facebook just now and I had to respond to it to tell her to keep it down because we're recording.
0: Oh yeah, she's in the she's in the kitchen <laughs> doing dishes, blasting her.
1: I don't know what the hell she's doing. I don't care. <laughs>
0: what whichever rock li- or whichever playlist she's listening to, either emo or party or dance or whatever. Um, yeah, she's in there. But I can't hear her from here from here. Uh, not can I,
1: but still. She probably collected. <laughs> what Dan saying?
0: Dan said he can hear her all the way over there. <laughs> but no, if you've seen that movie, uh, the custard scene, you know what I'm talking about. I'll never have custard. I don't, don't, it's going to be a while before I can eat custard again. I I, I, I don't, I'm not
1: a big fan of custard anyway, so I might have to check this out.
0: Even like pudding or anything that's like a creamy dessert. Okay. I had had applesauce like a couple hours after I washed it, and the texture in my mouth was making me want to gag. Speaking of the devil, what do you (laughs) want? Tell him I set up yours. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'd nearly tempted to just Google this mustard the mustard scene, custard scene just for the fun of it.
0: Yeah. May
1: as well. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh good God. What the fuck on hell is it
0: Aw <laughs> oh, the that, dear
1: <laughs> That's just ridiculous
0: It's gross, dude. The whole after that uh, the whole movie is like that. The whole movie is just gross that's for the funny, rest though. of the time. It starts off nice it's sweet, you know, and, and and fairly average, but it, it gets it gets nasty not too long after that. Oh, Peter Jackson. He would go on to create what he created. All right, Dan, let's take you back to the early 1900s. 1917, to be exact. But don't worry, you don't have to travel too far away from the area you're in now. We're going to stay right there in Ireland.
1: Ooh, what did the English do this time?
0: Oh, <laughs> You're very astute. (laughs) You're a man by the name of Austin Stack, and you've been a political activist since about 1908 and joined the IRB, the Irish Republican Brotherhood, which would later change its name to the Irish Republican Army or the IRA. You will be arrested in 1916 for your involvement in the Easter Rising. Now, Dan, do you know anything about the Easter Rising? Or is that just kind of some of that history that is brushed over?
1: It's far from brushed over. Now it's kind of the start of the beginning of the end of British rule for us. It kind of what led to the war of independence and stuff like that's extremely important part of our history. So,
0: pretty much it's a an attack by the irb along with irish volunteers the irish citizen army among others on on the british in dublin with hopes of establishing an independent ireland obviously i'm making it very simplistic but you know it's a it's a whole big story but i'm just kind of chopping it down to the bare bones uh it didn't work uh the british Brought in thousands of reinforcements to squash the uprising, about 485 people. Mostly civilians died. Um, Eventually, you know, you get there, but it takes
1: a Five years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it takes a little while. Um, So you, Dan, or Austin, uh, you were a part of it, so you go to jail. And you're actually sentenced to death, but it's commuted. Uh, While in prison, uh, about May of 1917, you decide to go on a hunger strike, a very popular way of protesting the conditions of the prison at the time. You stay on this strike for a while until the prison staff decides that you've starved for too long. So, one Saturday evening, the staff bursts into your cell, they grab you carry you off to an operation room they throw you in an examination chair and strap down your legs arms chest and neck and then they cram a metal device into your mouth in order to hold it open you look down to see what the doctors in the room are holding it's a pint of milk with an egg mixed into it and a pump with tubing the tube a thick rubber tube is then forced into your mouth and down your throat. You're blinded by the tears in your eyes as the tube wriggles its way down your esophagus until it hits your stomach, hopefully. Then they begin to pump the milk into your body. But because of the trauma, the speed at which the fluid enters your stomach, and the body's natural rejection of a foreign object, you almost immediately begin to vomit covering your clothes and the chair. And you don't just vomit during the process. You continue to regurgitate the contents of your stomach well after the procedure is through. The next day, they grab you for a repeat of the torment. Except you have a different doctor this time. Before, it was a Dr. Cook. This time, it's a Dr. Dowdle, a doctor that is famous for this type of medical procedure. Now, he has quite the hard time getting the tube down your throat. So your body keeps rejecting it. You cough it out, or you throw it up. Or instead of it going into your stomach, it goes into your lungs and has to be pulled back out. Now, this treatment will continue until you are eventually released a month later. This is the horror of forced feeding. That Dr. Dowdle is actually there's actually a book about this with the suffragates and the uh, Irish rebels and the conscientious objectors um, covering all of it all the way up to like the late 1970s that I got most of this from and Dr. Dowdle is actually a pretty big character because he he was kind of the guy for forced feeding I'm not going to cover him really but you know he did a lot of it
1: the number one guy they call
0: yeah, something like that. Uh, he got in trouble a lot for people uh, under him not doing the things that they were supposed to be doing. And he got in trouble a lot because he wasn't near as good at it as he liked to think he was. He was really rough, and sometimes tubes didn't go the places they were supposed to go. But, nice. Yeah. Uh, this is really the, area, the era of forced feeding's heyday. Like 1909 to the late 19-teens, specifically during the suffragette hunger strikes, uh, British women protesting to get the right to vote, would be arrested, then wanted to be seen as...
1: British.
0: They'd be arrested, then wanting to be seen as political prisoners versus criminal prisoners would go on hunger strike. But the government didn't want these women to die in prison. They die, they'll be seen as martyrs for the cause, and the government will be seen as indifferent to the lives of their prisoners, which, obviously, I mean, honestly, they were, but they couldn't be seen that way.
1: Of course not. You know, they already had enough bad publicity at that stage, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't want to be the the PR guy for Great Britain at the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, come <laughs> just imagine you the on
1: the door. paperwork at that guy's desk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need you to fix something. What'd you do now? I don't know. Something about a genocide. I don't know. It's a little thing. Now for a while, the prisons would just let the prisoners go. Like Marion Wallace Dunlap, uh, artist, illustrator, and active member of the WSPU, or the Women's Social and Political Union. Uh, she was regularly arrested for her offenses, including obstruction and leading groups of women on protest marches. Now, July of 1909, Marion stenciled the passage from the Bill of Rights on a wall of the House of Commons, which read, it is the right of the subject to petition the king, and all commitments and persecutions for such, pe- for such petitioning are illegal. Now, police once again arrested her. Upon entering Holloway Prison, the prison authorities rejected Marion's application to be placed in the 1st Division, which would have acknowledged her offense as political, entirely on her own initiative, Marion decided that she would refuse to eat until her demands were met. She found herself released from Holloway after just four days. Because prison staff feared that she might otherwise starve. Four days.
1: Yeah. The That can already go a couple of hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the fact Give that you thinks that gonna to death after. After four days.
1: I don't know how long it takes. Like, I know it's just a difference, massive difference between no water and no food. Like, it's, yeah. like, you can survive with no food for longer than you can survive with no water. For, yeah. You know, but...
0: Well, I mean, if you go back to our starvation episode, we had people who were, who survived, you know, a few months without food. They just whittled away to nothing, so...
1: A nice segue. If you're only joining us now, if you're new listeners, please go <laughs> listen to our past episodes, including starvation and abasination, not just a matter of the
0: others and bacon and bacon and bacon and bacon. Yeah. Now, what seems at the time to be an inconspicuous episode in the ongoing campaign for female suffrage escalated into years of controversy over the management of hunger strikes. The WSPU quickly realized the strength of hunger striking. The tactic fit well with the burgeoning spirit of self-sacrifice attached to the militant campaign. Hunger striking was underscored by an explicit threat of martyrdom. So, From 1909, other imprisoned suffragates imitated Marion. In turn, hunger striking evolved into the standard political protest. These protests immersed prison authorities and the home office, a ministerial department of the British government responsible for immigration, security, and law and order, in a highly problematic predicament. Two options left to them. Allow rebellious politicized prisoners to slowly commit suicide, or release them before the completion of their sentence. Both could have proven publicly distasteful. Initially, the Home Office chose the latter option, but criticism mounted during the summer of 1909. The simple act of refusing to eat was undermining the workings of the prison and the judicial system, raising concerns that, all manners of prisoners, even murderers and sex, defend- sex offenders, might go on hunger strikes to get released.
1: That's sexual of offenders. Go on hunger yeah. strike all they want. <laughs> like, fuck them. <laughs> you know.
0: Well, if it's, it, it's going to be the policy that if you go on a hunger strike, we're going to release you. I mean, you have to have very strict rules about who that works for and who it doesn't work for. That's why a lot of these women, like, we want to be seen as political protesters, because you got you got better—I don't want to say you got treated better, but you, things were a little bit better for you as a political prisoner versus a, a criminal prisoner. Yeah. And they wanted to be seen as a political—plus, press. it goes in your record of, of why you were in prison— and if you're in prison for criminal acts or political acts, those those kind of determine what you would you know how long you would stay in prison for. You know, so it's
1: yeah, it's it's like trying to decide between if whether or not you release good old Paul Bernardo because he decides to starve himself versus somebody on a picket line. Yeah, you know somebody from fucking what's that free oil crowd or whatever those assholes are after they get arrested for. Blocking a, an electric car event. That was funny.
0: Yeah. Well, if Paul Bernardo wants to go to, on a hunger strike, he can go right ahead. That's fine. Just um, like... Let me eat
1: my fist first, and then <laughs> he can go on hunger strike all he wants.
0: You didn't make it long before you brought up Paul Bernardo. <laughs> I was hoping to be done with him. You made it all happen a, a quarter of an episode. <laughs>
1: It's just when you said sexual offenders is the first person I thought of. So,
0: Dan's white whale.
1: That, and I have my, uh, I have myself fixing for a uh, good <laughs> old Big Mac Carbonara. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. So, the Home Office required an alternative solution. And in September, Mary Lee and others were arrested while demonstrating at a public meeting being held by Prime Minister Herbert Asquith. Uh, A judge sentenced them to two weeks' imprisonment at Winston Street, Gowl, Birmingham, where the prisoners immediately went on hunger strike. So what do you do? Do you let them starve, set them free, or do you try something else? Well, in late 18th century France... The psychiatrist, Philippe Pinel, refuted a commonly held belief that insane patients never felt hungry and therefore required little food. I have never heard that before. <laughs> it's one of those weird little, like, stereotypical things that you've never heard before, but apparently it's a thing. Like, when somebody would say, oh, you know, vampires... um, if you throw down a handful of rice, they have to stop and count each grain before they can chase after you anymore. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs>
1: That's just fucking it's ridiculous. Just,
0: it's just weird. That's a weird. Oh, uh, hey, he's not. He's insane. He's not hungry. He yeah. He doesn't yeah. get hungry. Why not? Because he's insane. See, well, the hey, two honey, what have do you want to do with one another?
1: Hey, honey, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? I don't know. I'm not hungry. Must be crazy. So, oh. <laughs>
0: Oh, I guess my wife's not insane because she gets hungry all the fucking time. <laughs> it's, too,
1: it's a very too, good point.
0: <laughs> Two conflicting things here because I'm pretty sure sometimes my wife's a little crazy. That's, my, that's she's when she's hungry,
1: hungry ironically. That's, that's what my one is. She's crazy when she's hungry, not the other way Yeah,
0: that own. kind of goes against no. the whole hangry thing.
1: What well, goes with the whole hangry thing? I'm well, sorry, sorry, the concept, yeah, of uh, the insane yeah. thing. Sorry, sorry, yeah. thought you met our wives, but yeah. <laughs> they are the quintessential concept hangry. of hungry. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> oh, uh, anyway, now, back to English being assholes. Yeah. Believing that hunger could have a disastrous effect on the mind, which it does, Pinnell instead ensured that his patients were well-nourished. The practice of feeding patients with an elastic tube soon became the standard in French asylums. I wonder if he just tried giving them the food. He's like, I will make sure you're well-nourished by cramming <clears throat> it down your throat. It's like, maybe you just gave them a, a paper plate with some food on it, like some mush they could pick up with their hands. I bet they'd probably eat it. They they're eat so they're oh, they're crazy,
1: though. Oh, that's right. They're
0: crazy, so they don't get hungry.
1: Yeah, you should go with a spoon and be like, here comes the choo-choo train. Would you yeah, like that's guster? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's extra ear in it.
0: Is that some pus? Bloody pus? It's
1: nice yeah, and thick.
0: We... Oh, God. So 19th, sec... 19th century technological developments further promoted the use of feeding technologies. Uh, in 1868, German physician... Adolf Kuzuml introduced the stomach tube to medical practice after perfecting the technology by experimenting on a professional sword swallower. Nice. Just laying around, so might as well use him for something, I suppose. I don't know. So by the time the suffragette movement came to the British shores, forced feeding was already an established procedure in asylums. It was especially used on fasting girls who were seen as anoretic or psychologically unstable. Quote, refusal of food may be due to mere stupidity. Or, no, since we're in France, uh, <laughs> refusal of food may be due to mere stupidity. Uh, la food food du far far. Far or to the restlessness and inattention of manical excitement. <laughs> Much more frequently, it is seen as case of melancholy, melancholic stupor, or delusional insanity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> asylum doctors case.
1: To... <laughs> that was lovely.
0: <laughs> Wasn't it? <laughs> Asylum doctors came to recognize the usefulness of force feeding for breaking the physical and emotional resolve of fasting girls and correcting the seemingly errant behavior. So, if it worked on females in asylums, why not in prisons? Now, say. Before we get more into the stories of forced feeding, that there does not seem to be any rhyme or reason as to which tube the doctors choose to use—the stomach tube that went down the throat, or the nasal tube that went up the nostril and then down the throat. Uh, I or looked. The anus all around, tube. But, Huh?
1: Or the anus tube where they did the, the reverse world. feeding, <laughs> <laughs> like in South Park, the reverse eating diet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll get there. Um, I looked, I looked and looked. <laughs> Wait, and yelled,
1: don't don't that sentence continue on like that. <laughs> like, the anus tube. Oh, that, we'll get there. Dainis have the done, done, done that
0: before. I looked and looked I was like oh, I'll say something that'll get him. And I'm like, oh, you're not you're not too far off. <laughs> yeah. So I looked and looked, but honestly, I, I couldn't find anywhere why they would use one one day and another the next day. So if I'm jumping back and forth between stomach tube and nasal tube, uh, it's because they jumped back and forth from stomach tube to nasal tube, pretty much. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. One Saturday afternoon, a wardess entered Mary Lou's cell and forced her onto her bed. Two doctors entered the room. While Mary was being pinned down, one of the doctors inserted a tube into her nose with a funnel at the end. The tube had a glass junction in the middle that allowed the doctor to see if liquid was passing through. Now, the doctors pushed over 20 inches of the tube into Mary's body while the wartices held her down. A pint of milk and eggs was then poured into the tube. For Mary, the sensation of being fed was intensely agonizing. She suffered throat and breast pain and a distressing sense that the drums of her ear had burst. This wasn't a one-and-done type thing, either. Most hunger strikees wouldn't give up uh, the cause after just once or twice. And as long as they refused to eat, they would be fed. Most of these feedings were done by prison medical officer William Cassells, who was the first to force-feed suffragettes. Cassells would keep a close eye on his subjects and report back to the home office of their condition in order to legitimize and solidify artificial feeding, as they called it, as a solution to hunger strikes. Uh, But, as you can imagine... He wouldn't always report everything. You know, the home office wanted this to work, and if bad shit came out of it, well, they couldn't use it. So what do you do? Uh, He would skew his reports to what the home office needed to hear. Uh, Or outright blame the prisoners for improper care or for their side effects from the feedings. In his private correspondence, he dismissed accusations that forced feeding caused intense vomiting. Yeah. Now, he admitted that Mary Lee once vomited for hours after he had fed her, but claimed that, well, this was probably self-induced. You know how you self-induce vomiting for it, hours on it's, end? It's, it's
1: because of assholes like this with their, when they come out with, like let's say, medical findings or scientific findings that people believe the earth is flat. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's these sort of stupid, like, things that, like, you know, the making up of the, um, yeah. All the... Yeah. It's just...
0: Or autism is new and it's caused by vaccines and, and all this, you know, shit. It's, it...
1: Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That was,
0: all. That, you know, yeah. That was refuted, by the way. <laughs> For you out there. If you're listening to this, you think that, stop thinking that. Uh...
1: Think what you want, just don't tell me about it. <laughs> you know like
0: <laughs> he also refuted suggestions that prison doctors knowingly fed prisoners whose body had been severely weakened by hunger striking he said suffragette suffragate prisoners refusing to be physically examined meant that he couldn't be held responsible if a sick patient was accidentally forced fed He a tripped
1: under 20 feet of <laughs> I (laughs) fell through her nose.
0: (laughs) He recalled that Mary Lee had refused to answer questions about her throat and nose pain and said if a patient refused to provide information or be examined, then it was impossible for him to determine health problems such as a sore throat.
1: He's too busy having a fucking pint of milk shoved down her gullet. (laughs) Like, you know, it's...
0: Don't forget about the eggs mixed yeah, in. And the, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, just imagine like, the, the whole egg. had a left the hole going whoop, through the nose, you imagine that? You know, back the in
0: the early 1900s, the raw eggs that have not been pasteurized yet yeah, you know, going right into your body. <laughs> Quote, I do not believe that I should be justified in forcing the mouth open merely to see whether the throat is all right. Pretty much, if a patient was injured... They could not be held responsible. He's just trying to do his job.
1: Sure, it's her own fault for not eating in the first place.
0: That's what a lot of them said. That's what a lot of them. That's
1: why that was my assumption. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you would just eat, like, well, if you would treat me like a human being, listen, you're not going to get what you want. So just eat. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, political
1: prisoners, cop on, just eat. Mm -hmm.
0: All you political prisoners. Stop and fighting for what believe in. People being held in prisons offshore for no reason because they can't prove you did anything. Wake up! Start eating! Now, after she is released, Mary Lee will take legal action against uh, Cassell and Home Secretary Herbert Gladstone for unlawful assault in the court proceeding of Lee versus Gladstone. Now, where Lee and the WSPU said that forced feeding was essentially rape and against their right as competent adults to go without food, even if it meant their death, the Home Office claimed it to be a curative and life-saving procedure, and the patients were too delirious from hunger to make a rational decision on whether or not they should eat because the feedings didn't usually start until about after 72 hours, of a hunger strike. Now Lee would ultimately lose her trial, even though several medical doctors and psychiatrists came forward to exclaim the dangers, both both physical and psychological, of forced feeding. All these people are like this is really bad. You shouldn't do this. That's because the, she failed because she like, was a
1: woman. Sadly, yeah. I'd say is exactly what it is.
0: I'm sure it is. <sighs> Shouldn't do this. It's bad. Courts are like, yeah, good do it anyway. Yeah, you're, you're,
1: yeah, you're, you're a woman. Who are you to be telling us what to do?
0: Yeah, you're just anxious and hysterical. <laughs> yeah. you're probably, you're probably on that time of time of the month.
1: Mm-hmm. you are obviously quite or hungry you're... though, so that means she's not crazy after hunger strike though. So,
0: <laughs> or you're pregnant, but if you were pregnant, you would eat more. Quandary. <laughs> Think about the children.
1: The Earth is flat. So...
0: <laughs> Antarctica man, it's a wall. It's keeping you from going off. Fucking NSA, they're up. So what happened to the
1: Titanic, man? Fucking drove Went off over, the edge, man.
0: You see that ship way out there? It's over the edge of the of the of globe, man. We. That's the best one. The flat flat earthers. We have followers all around oh, the remote. globe. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Have you seen that uh the documentary about the flat earthers on? I think it was on Netflix, where they yeah. spend like twenty thousand dollars and prove themselves wrong. I saw
1: I mind. saw the short version of it. Yeah, of that which was so fucking funny.
0: <laughs> I've watched the whole thing, and there's a lot of like infighting and backstabbing in that community, like oh, well, this person thinks this, but I think this and then this. He got famous from this, but then, then you know, they try to, like, undercut each other, and whose YouTube videos can get the most likes and shit like that, and then they spend no, no, all that money.
1: We're all wrong, though. Like, you know, like, Earth is on a disc that is on the back of four giant elephants, which is in itself is on the back of a giant tortoise named a Yes,
0: Yeah, it's turtles so. all the way down, baby. Turtles all the way down.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, now, what the hell they, these other assholes are coming out with? What do you know?
0: They they don't just prove themselves wrong once They prove themselves wrong twice And they spend over $20,000 doing it Good It's, it's fucking
1: great
0: <sighs> See, I did say I put up
1: Trustpilot review Yeah, And it was because of the fact that I uh, kind of nearly Wouldn't want to do an ad like this Without actually trying the things out So both you and I have ordered Numerous products I have ordered I think it's three Of the bundles Yeah I got the the Beard Growth bundle With the Derma Roller And the Growth Accelerator Which I will Report back on Over time Because it takes Weeks upon weeks A couple of months For it to properly Take effect
0: Yeah uh, right, yeah, it's not one of those things where you put it on and all, It's like a cartoon and you put put it on and it yeah. comes out. Yeah, it's, it's not the out. Right. That's
1: what it ain't. Like you know, <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was.
0: <laughs>
1: but um, I did get the the shampoo conditioner bundle. I got two bundles of the oils, also where it has the elixir and the day tonic. So I got two uh-huh. different scents in that one of the silver tier. I think it was the viking storm and i got oh uh-huh, yeah, poem, yeah. the golden
0: yeah i haven't that's the one i don't think i've tried yet amazing. i might get it next time i order uh, yeah um, uh, like, is it, uh, what's it smell like you like, know like sex i don't know like uh, it's <laughs> it's really good like now, like
1: allison loves it See, the thing is i was <laughs> it's got it. whenever i put on yours i'm going through the viking storm first and she was like, ooh, yeah. like the smell of that. And then during other day, because like, I wanted to test it out, what it was like, I tri- threw on the night elixir for the whole near the poem. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh my god, that's way better. Like, And the price difference between was only a couple of euros. So I'd be buying the gold tier one next time around again, I think, because it was. it did, right. Genuinely, it is way nicer. But um, but I think they're great, though, because like, I, I I always yeah. used another kind of brand and stuff, and it's worked out a good go choke cheaper and it is way better quality this stuff is so you
0: you know you got to wait for it to be shipped to you which can sometimes it's it's a lot quicker now than what it was before when they first started out when i first got with them about three years ago uh it took a long time to get the shipment in and now it's it's a lot quicker Uh, but for that little bit of time you got you have no wash you have no oil and you go to the store and you get just the off the shelf stuff and it it it's oil is oil but honestly there is such a difference between the stuff you're buying at the store for 10 bucks and what you're getting at the Beard struggle that's why I keep going yeah. back to them i I, Not 100%, I love them yeah. I do even though I've tried others be like I'll give this a try see what it's see, see if it's any good that's something you, you kind of have to do if you're you know to see how good the quality product is you need to try something else and every single time it's been well that's no good. Get more beer, struggle. Yeah, that's pretty so much cool. where I am now as well. Yeah. And they have a sampler kit for each of their tanks. They have a they do. sampler kit. Yeah, they both with the. It's like, it, it's like it, it comes with their standard scents um, that are kind of always there. Yeah. And uh, so if, if you don't know what you would like, which so far I have not found one that has not gone over well with the wife, which is really what matters. Uh, Straight. But if you, you know. If you don't know what scent you like, you get the sampler kit, and you, know, you find out. You'll probably find out that you like all yeah. of them. And if you want to get that, use our exclusive discount code TORTURE19 at checkout. It's beardstruggle.com. Do what's right for your beard. Do what's right for your face. So what exactly happens to you that could be so bad during forced feedings? Well, because the the idea of somebody putting a tube in your mouth and pouring some liquid down it, I mean, it seems, it doesn't seem pleasant, but it doesn't seem like it would be that fucking horrible.
1: Uh, I, just, I don't know. I
0: mean, I mean, it doesn't seem like it would, it would be as bad. Well, for one, at this point, uh, during like the suffragette era and and the Irish Rebellion, Many of the feedings were done through the mouth, which involved the block or a crank being placed between the teeth so that your mouth could be pried open. Now, many reported that their gums bled constantly from the repeated feedings, also broken teeth, lacerations on the tongue, and broken jaws. But as far as the nasogastric tube or the nasal tube goes, the nose and the nasal passage itself is kind of a delicate structure, you know? Uh, you just bump it a little bit, and it bleeds. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. A- that's and, it, yeah. Whereas you breach yeah. your
1: septum, whatever the fuck it is is up there, that's really sensitive.
0: Yeah, it, it, even if... If the air is a little too dry, your nose will begin to bleed. It's well, pretty know, delicate. You
1: know what they should have used when they're using a mouth, them? they should have used the good old pair of anguish. Because oh, so yeah, the doctor—I'm assuming the doctor was sitting there with his gloves on his pair of anguish because it was a glove holder or whatever the fuck it was.
0: Right. Yeah. Because that's probably what it really was. Yeah. They <laughs> <And> <like>, say, <laughs> well, he just, just looks over and he sees one of the orderlies like using it on his glove to stretch it out because it was a little too small. He's like, Yusa, give me that. And he takes mouth. <laughs> He tries to shove the glove in their mouth. He's like, "Oh, yeah. nah, give me the other thing. <laughs> and then he shoves it out. So the, the nose and the nasal passage, pretty delicate structure. Force feeding is far from a delicate procedure. Uh, sessions can begin with patients being shoved into a chair and held down by attendants. If the person being force-fed starts moving, the tube can cause nosebleeds, tissue damage, or attendants can break the nose during the struggle. And placing the feed- feeding tube is tricky. Doctors who have performed the procedure, even on willing patients, have noted that the tube can go through the nose and then back out the mouth, which it, you know,
1: and back out the bum. At
0: that, at, at that point, it has to be pulled out and replaced, which, if not done slowly and with care, apparently can hurt like shit. Uh, for those of you out there who don't uh, realize, your nose and your mouth kind of connected. Uh, yeah. You know, imagine it went weird. in
1: through one nostril. And I curled back out, and then it went back in through the other one. And whoop. So it'd be like a crazy straw that you got to pick up your milk. <laughs> Pull you it can. out,
0: go around your uh, go yeah. around your glasses. And yeah, back yeah. Ears. <laughs> back yeah, yeah, your yeah. Ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Make the pair of gla- yeah, the glasses. They got a straw. And so be sit there, you just get to watch the food go around your eyes. Whoop.
0: You do one through each nostril, and then you come up to beer cans on top yeah, of yeah. your head. <laughs> <laughs> Phone dome uh, extreme you ever seen anybody do that with a piece of spaghetti where they snort it up their nose and then pull it out their mouth and kind of do the
1: uh, God no. ever... no.
0: I've never seen it in person but I've seen it on TV so I know it has to be real <laughs> of course it's <laughs> <sighs> uh. but yeah also when you, you put it in the nose sometimes it completely misses uh, going back down and will actually scratch possibly perforate that very thin wall that you have um between your sinus cavity and your brain and it could actually poke into there and people have said that it, it it's agonizing feeling like huh. you're being stabbed with a red hot needle in the back of your fucking nose so this i guess that sounds fucking horrible hmm. uh the tube can also go down the windpipe instead of the esophagus uh, and forcing food into someone's lungs can cause pneumonia, collapsed lung, or death.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. Sitting there, a piece oh. of hot dog floating around inside your lung.
0: <laughs> <coughs> what happened? That's yeah. old hot dog injury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just eating at the ball game next thing I you know I'm dead. <laughs> Uh, nowadays they can do an x-ray to see where the tube is but back in the suffragette days the doctor would pump a small amount of air through the tube and they would listen to the abdomen for the sound of the hissing air sometimes this worked sometimes it didn't uh, listen for their shown... belly
1: button to start whistling this <laughs> 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 is <here, it's> <laughs> jackpot <laughs> start to pump uh,
0: it's just a tea kettle you just pump yeah. air and it's just a tea ke- <laughs> uh now um studies have shown that doctors can misidentify the placement of the feeding tube even when they see it in x-rays now although people are monitored during the forced feeding even a little food in the lungs can cause lasting and debilitating damage because it's got nowhere to go it's not yeah, I can only really imagine Like. yeah yeah, like, it,
1: it, like liquid or not, yeah, it, it's, again, just going back to like the hot dog, imagine like a piece of chicken strip stuck in your, you know, like we've all eaten food and drank something and we know the whole concept of it going down the wrong way when, it, uh-huh. you know, and like, fuck me, I'm pretty the, sure I probably have a few wings <laughs> sitting there, yeah. Exactly. I have half a pint of beer and a couple of wings sitting down there at the moment and.
0: Yeah, imagine it <clears> being a full <throat> bottle of Ensure. Yeah. Into your lung.
1: <laughs> Put a load of Crisco added in there and top just to make sure it all goes in. Okay.
0: They just tilt your head back and just start cracking eggs into it. They <laughs> like, hope that's not going into your lung. Yeah.
1: Shaking your head to make James give, give you scrambled eggs <laughs> instead.
0: Yeah. And in fact, it was so difficult to place these tubes that at very rare times the doctors would choose. A different route to take. Like in 1914, when Frances Parker, a Scottish suffragette, was force-fed, yes, (laughs) Stan, through the rectum with a nutrient enema. It gets worse. Then she got fed once through the vagina. (laughs) While in a (laughs) prison. See, now, the enema... I guess I can kind of get because it is connected to the rest of the digestive system. The vagina is a different system,
1: like a sphincter sandwich. <laughs> it's a
0: different thing. Yeah, They're together. So I don't that's know just again about. kind of
1: goes to show you, yeah, kind of poor concept of medicine there yeah. in that case. You know, it's people. We're crazy aren't hungry and uh women can eat sandwiches through their vaginas.
0: <laughs> but so, then the baby comes out the mouth again, yeah. like in South Park. Food goes in this way, mm. other things come out this way.
1: Like, what the fuck are they thinking? Like really?
0: <laughs> what the fuck like, are we talking about? <laughs> like
1: uh, well, what you just said makes more sense than True. than what they thought. Yeah, to don't, be fair.
0: And I don't and I don't know if the if the vagina can absorb nutrients, I don't. I wouldn't think.
1: I know one thing it can absorb.
0: <laughs> but, uh, oh,
1: yeah, but uh, I don't know about that. Now I don't know if you go sticking a load of fucking tapioca up there, or <laughs> pesto chicken or some shit that'll actually
0: Big Mac Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right up there. Yeah, I don't. I. I. I don't think so. I highly doubt it, be, it. Yeah, it'd be like. Again, South Park, it'd be like Kenny and the bus driver. He'd probably just get yeah. up there and rot and fall out. <laughs> I don't
1: think. I do going to, to college later on. <laughs> like, was there? Uh, Why is there half a cheeseburger <laughs> still coming here? I thought. Well, let's follow medical advice from like the nineteen early nineteen hundreds France. Following medical advice. Uh-huh. From
0: two assholes on a podcast. <laughs> 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 Until they give it a shot. <laughs> don't follow medical Quote.
1: advice. From most people. <sighs>
0: Thursday morning, 16th July. The three wardresses appeared again. One of them said that if I did not resist, she would send the others away and do what she had come to do as gently and as decently as possible. I consented. This was another attempt to feed me by the rectum, and it was done in a cruel way, causing me great pain. She returned some time later and said she had something else to do. I took it to be another attempt to feed me the same way, but it pro- proved to be a grosser and more indecent outrage, which could have been done for no other purpose than torture. It was followed by soreness, which lasted for several days. Yeah, I fucking bet. I fucking bet it I fucking bet it hurt like shit and it was uncalled called for. Just
1: it's just stupid.
0: <laughs> to be fair, like uh, it's stupid. Yes, it's a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Oh, that that hole must lead to somewhere. Let's just cram some stuff in it and see what happens. <laughs> it goes that's, inside
1: that's, the body, must be. Yeah.
0: Next thing you know, you're like, gonna be putting it putting it in the ear. The it human body the is ear. obviously
1: a sponge, you know, it just absorbs no matter what orifice you put it in. Yes. It just absorbs everything. Simple as
0: <sighs> But let's say that the tube, the nasal tube or the stomach tube goes where it's supposed to. The placement of the tube can still leave scratches to the stomach, trachea, esophagus, but let's say it gets to where it needs to. These feedings aren't done after a couple skipped meals. Now, like I had said earlier, it was usually considered a hunger strike after about 72 hours of refusing food, but that doesn't mean they start the feedings immediately. In fact there isn't a real gauge as to when the feedings would start. They kind of just came and grabbed you at some point. Which meant, by that time, you were probably either entering or already in the stages of starvation that could lead to refeeding syndrome. Again, go listen to our starvation episode for more on that. Essentially, your body's no longer able to take in and digest large amounts of food. In fact, introducing large amounts of food suddenly into the body can cause anything from weakness and numbness to delirium and respiratory failure. But even before that, your body decides that there's too much at once or the sudden influx of any substance just kind of appearing in the stomach causes a fairly quick puke reflex meaning that the vast majority of the liquid, today it's meal supplements like Ensure or Boost, but in the early 1900s it was just milk and eggs with some bismuth and other vitamins mixed in, would make its way out of the stomach as fast as it made its way down. Sometimes this would go out the mouth, and sometimes, especially with overfeedings, it would go into the lungs. It would happen again after the tube was quickly pulled out and many times would last for hours afterwards. I mean, you're not doing them any service by giving them all this fucking liquid because they're puking it out anyway.
1: It's like the overflow in your water tank.
0: It, that's exactly open to your lungs. <laughs> it is. It's exactly what it, Well, and I, I, I don't have it in my notes, but I had read that in like, within like 15, 10 or fifteen minutes, they will introduce. It was like ten thousand calories into your body.
1: Nah, just that. That's, just that's, an
0: insane that's... amount of. Li- I and mean, this is liquid. Just yeah, yeah. Poured into like your. Say, body. your
1: you your body would go into shock nearly like with that. Do you like, know certain... how
0: much liquid it takes to get to that many fucking calories? Yeah. It's like Christ it's like, gallons uh, gallons of milk
1: but yeah it's, it's similar to the whole dehydration thing as well though isn't it like the way you're not supposed to drink much yeah, like yeah if bit, you're like Dehydrated you see people, you... yeah, i see yeah. people dabbing water on their lips and stuff like that instead so
0: take sips don't go yeah. take sips small sips uh because yeah you, you your body will reject it almost immediately then yes in case you're wondering people did die from this uh, there's a man by the name of Thomas Ashe in 1917 went on hunger strike in Ireland. Thomas was serving a two-year sentence of hard labor for sedition when he went on a hunger strike in protest against the prison authorities' refusal to grant him political prisoner status. Now, after a bout of feedings and regurgitating foamy blood, he died in the hospital attached to the prison. Now, there's a whole other thing about they made him sleep on a cold ground with no blankets and no shoes, and he would probably already had pneumonia when they started it. Like, but at the end of the day, the, the force-feeding is what ended up killing him because he had apparently had like a weak heart or something. But All right. Uh, yeah, uh. They, they claimed he had uh, a weakened heart. It was pneumonia that did him in. Even though bits of milk were found in his lungs.
1: Yeah, that's fucked the... <laughs> up.
0: So oh that was there already. Yeah yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. that's, that's from a different ridiculous. thing. That's that's something he does on the weekends. That that has nothing to do with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's known as
1: the milk snorter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have you seen this guy work? It's really sad that he's it's, dead it's, because uh, that show is amazing.
1: <laughs> liquid cocaine. <So> <laughs> liquid cocaine
0: <stuff. laughs> Uh, the negative press that came from the death seemed to discourage prison doctors from feeding in Ireland. So prisoners would be transported over to England, where the doctors weren't so scared off. Like, oh, those pushy Irishmen don't want to force feed people. We'll do it over here.
1: Yes, sir. Probably would have just gone over the border up north. I'm not sure what year was this?
0: 1917.
1: Oh, I don't know. There was no north,
0: now, it would, be a, oh, it would be about a year later, even in England, it had become broadly agreed upon that forced feedings was unethical, so prisoners only had two options left. Early re- so Prisons only had two options left. Early release, which uh, was allowed by the Cat and Mouse Act of 1913, which allowed for early release of prisoners who were so weakened by hunger striking that they were at risk of death. Uh, they were to be recalled to prison once their health was recovered, uh, where the process would begin again, or they could have simply or they could simply allow the starvation to run its course. Uh, at the uh, time, hunger strikes were most popular with political prisoners, suffragates, Irish rebels, conscientious objectors to the world war. But what if the thieves and murderers started striking? You couldn't force feed them anymore. Uh, did you dare let them loose and hope that after they get their health back, they could be re-arrested? So in 1918, officials began to afford strikers that they would neither be force-fed or relieved. If you starved, you starved. Or you could just give the people what they're asking for. You know, it's, it's not like they're asking for a whole lot. It's like, I want to be seen as a political prisoner. I think you're just going to have to starve to death. I don't know. That's, that's, just, that's, that's, that's too far. Above it's like, I've
1: already thing. I've already filled out the paperwork. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do that again.
0: Can I just get some new bedding? Can I just get a, a fresh blanket and a pillow to sleep on? Yeah, like I said, yeah, paperwork. See, we've already told the cafeteria to, like, not give you food anymore. And this would be really, like, weird because Joe's got this thing with the lunch lady. And then I kind of, like, get into it. So I, I think you're probably just going to have to die. Yeah, you'll probably just die. While well,
1: he's sitting there eating a yogurt pudding.
0: Big bowl of custard. <laughs> Can you imagine the the backlash nowadays if somebody went on a hunger strike and the prison went, you know what, he killed nine people, he ate their faces, but he went on a hunger strike, so we're going to let him loose. Don't worry, though. Once he feels better, he's been told he's got to come back.
1: He, he promised us that he will. He
0: <laughs> promised <laughs> us. He told me. He pinky swore. That is, bi- that is bonded. We did a we did uh, a spit handshake. He's blood brothers with me now, so I know he will come back. Don't you worry. Whether he kills anybody in the meantime, I don't. That's that doesn't matter. And this isn't the first or the last time in history we see forced feeding. I uh, said earlier it became quite popular for use on prisoners in asylums, mostly in France, in the 18th century. And yes. They were just as much prisoners in those as those in prison more than they were patients. Uh, at the time, anyone from the severely insane to those with schizophrenia to those with uh, what we would today simply be known as autism or a form of ADHD or even known lesbians could be admitted into asylums. And none of these people were seen as competent because, well, they were in an asylum. And it's not, you know, it was one of those. Well, they could say they don't want to be fed, they can go on a hunger strike if they're competent, but if they're in an asylum, they don't know any better, so they can't go on a hunger strike.
1: Cause um, yeah, they're idiots, no or they're crazy, thought. or they're not hungry anyway.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, you can even go on the slave ships that traveled over the Atlantic and find Africans that refused to eat in protest of what was happening to them. Now, they were forced fed not with stomach tubes, but with a device called a speculum orum, which would force the mouth open so food could be crammed in. Nice.
1: That's, that's wonderful. You little shit. Sorry.
0: That's what they said to the... Slaves on the boats.
1: Eat the hard Just
0: eat the hardtack. <laughs> eat the hardtack that we've given you. I don't like it. Eat it anyway. I don't wanna. Get the speculum. God, fuck. Now, even going... Uh, even though going into the 1920s, the process of forced feeding was seen as unethical, it took until 1975 to be prohibited by the World Medical Association in the Declaration of Tokyo, where it was seen as torture, as it may be extremely painful and result in severe bleeding and spreading of various diseases via the exchanged blood and mucus, especially when conducted with dirty equipment on prison population. However, not every country has listened to the WMA, like Canada that outright rejects the declaration and force-feed inmates against their will if they reject nourishment. Israel which passed a law allowing force feeding in 2015 in response to a hunger strike by a Palestinian detainee, Mohammed Alan, even though the doctors refused to do so. I'm gonna get into a big whole thing about Israel and Palestine right now. We're just gonna skip right over that because that's a that's a whole other <laughs> sensitive
1: subject right now. It's been sensitive <laughs> yes, subject for the last what 30 years, oh,
0: yeah. 80 years. Uh- <laughs>
1: I'm bad at math. Okay, <laughs>
0: 1948. That's like that's Where's that's it? like when you're thinking 1990. Oh, well, that was like 10 years ago. No, it's, it was like 30 years ago. Fuck you! It was 10 years ago.
1: My apologies to um, people for not getting that math right on that. Okay,
0: <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Greece where force-feeding was ordered by the courts against hunger strikes at different times, uh, even as recent as 2021, to stop the 60-day, 60 65-day hunger and water strike by Demetrius Kovanadas. Uh The doctors there refused to do so as well. United Nations War Crimes Tribunal at The Hague approved the use of force-feeding of Serbian politician Volgoslav Sezlij, Sesl- Sesl- uh, saying it wasn't torture, inhumane, or degrading treatment if it's medically necessary to do so. Bullshit, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's bullshit. Still, still degrading and in torture, even if you think it's medical. That's it. There's no other countries that that do it. That's we can just skip over any other. That, that's it. That's
1: all right. I'm pretty sure there's probably going to have to be tons of it happening in Guantanamo. I assume. Oh Everything yeah, that's right. That's right there.
0: I yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I forgot. The that's United international borders,
1: though. So technically, y'all ain't doing it.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> United. Well, well. Technically. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the United States is one of the worst countries for this. Uh, let's go back to 2006 and head down the Cuban Way to a little patch of land that the U.S. has control of, a little oasis in the tropics known as Guantanamo Bay. I hear Harold and Kumar spent a little bit of time there once. Uh, was that
1: the second one, was it? I don't think uh, I've ever seen it.
0: Yeah, was yeah, it I the second see
1: it. one? I've it never because I've never seen the second one. I don't recall them being in Guantanamo. Yeah,
0: that was the second one, and then the Christmas epi- uh, movie was the third one, if I'm right. I don't know. First one was great, but the rest of them were okay. Uh now at the time there were outbreaks of hunger strikes through the prison for various reasons. Most living conditions, freedom to practice religion, the fact that they were being held captive for literally no reason because most of them have no, you know, charges against them, but you know, whatever. Uh And feedings to combat malnutrition can be found back all the way in uh, 2002. But they were done in hospitals under strict doctor care, and they were either put under um, sedation or at least heavily medicated to ease the discomfort. And they weren't just given a bunch of food all of a sudden, which made them suffer from refeeding syndrome. They were given medicine via IV that would get their electrolytes and glucose levels back to at least passable before they got fed enough over the course of several days to get them back to a non-lethal weight. But 2005, 2006, hundreds of prisoners held without charges gone on hunger strikes. Pressure grew on commanding officers overseeing the prison to end the protest. So, going by what he himself had said before he said that he didn't say it, the commanding officer went to a bright-eyed, young, up-and-coming naval lawyer, fresh out of Harvard by the name of Ron DeSantis, who told him, Why do I recognize that name? (laughs) Oh, that's right. He's the fascist that's ruining Florida. He's ruining Disney World for everyone. He said, hey, you can actually force feed them. And then went on to tell them the rules about what they are allowed to do. Now, whether they stick to those rules or not is up for debate, but yeah. Uh, he will because they, say, i'm pretty
1: sure that's like the motto of guantanamo right there <laughs> <laughs> it's like here's the rules stick to them if you want to
0: <laughs> we stick to the rules who put a question mark at the end of that sentence you know ron will read anything uh he he go he comes out he's like because first he's like oh yeah it was my idea i ordered it and then now if you ask him he says that he had a very small part. He was just a lawyer. He was he he he. Nobody had to listen to him. He is, he just had a suggestion, but at the end of the day, even according to him back then, it was his idea to start force feeding, uh, these prisoners.
1: I'm sure back then that kind of suited the political agenda, and now with the woke world we live in, I'm sure it's.
0: I mean, he he probably you know. steal some of. Trump's voters, if he told everybody that he ordered them to force feed, force feed the terrorists in Guantanamo, <laughs> you people at can't see it, but Dan's cat is all up in his fucking Oh, he should, he's running
1: against a microphone now, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he got up onto my lap and he's sitting there, I had to keep muting my microphone because he's just sitting here going, and I looked down and he was just like this, staring at me. I was like, "Oh God, he's got to come up and get me now." The second next thing I'll just see is this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Here he comes!" Get down from there. Well, and so
0: up. the feeding started. Um, in the memoir of Mansour Adifi, uh, Adafi, former Guantanamo Bay prisoner, goes on to say about his experiences: "Quote." I was informed that the U.S. government was determined to break the hunger strike. The doctor in charge, a colonel, told me that he did not care if I said I was innocent or protesting mistreatment. He was there for one thing, to make me eat. I refused and was immediately and violently strapped into a chair so tightly that I could not move. A nurse, formed, a nurse forced a thick tube into my nose and down my throat. My nose bled, and the pain was so great that I thought my head would explode. The nurse would not stop. Instead, he began pouring Ensure into a feeder bag attached to the tube. Eat, the nurse yelled. Eat! They poured can after can in the feeder bag until my stomach and throat were so full that Ensure poured back out of my mouth and nose. I thought I was going to drown. If you throw up, a corpsman said, we'll start from the beginning with a new case and fill you up again. As I tried to break free, I noticed DeSantis' handsome face among the crowd and the, at the other side of the chain link. He was watching me struggle. He was smiling and laughing with the other officers as I screamed in pain. I threw up in, I threw up in their direction. They jumped back, disgusted. I did not care. I was the only one there who had the right to be disgusted. That force feeding was inhumane. It was meant to break me and to teach me a lesson. It was meant to show me that I was just an animal with no human rights. There's no other way to call it. It was torture. Now, why he has to point out Ron DeSantis's handsome face, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I guess he's just trying to make the point. He's like, I saw him. His handsome face out from a crowd. I saw him. You look at pictures of Ron DeSantis when he was younger. I guess he was an okay-looking guy. but I don't,
1: I, don't I don't know. I'm going to Google Ron DeSantis. He just
0: looks like a slightly thinner, younger version of what he is now. Um, oh, yeah. even, he wasn't an ugly guy by any means, but I don't know if I'd call handsome face. But Whatever. Apparently, go off on a little Ron DeSantis tangent. Apparently... He is such a fucking narcissist and such a fucking misogynist and such a fucking little bitch that what he would take women out on dates, I can't remember what word it was he would use, but he would deliberately mispronounce a word to see if she would correct him. And if his date would correct him, he would end the date because he didn't want to uh, be with someone that would dare correct him.
1: What an asshole.
0: <laughs> like I would have Does he not
1: realize you? that women correct you no matter what?
0: <laughs> yeah, no so... shit. well I guess his wife never corrects him because he found he found one of those that's willing to be submissive or whatever. Like fuck if I if I didn't date women that corrected me, my my relationship with my wife would have ended, you know, about a day after it started. Yeah. My wife corrects me all the fucking time. To the point where I got to go, could you not, please? Could you just not for once? First just, time we meet her, hi,
1: my name is Kevin. That no, was Kevin.
0: <laughs> you said it wrong. Yeah. La Viosa, not La Viosa. Uh, <laughs> la vio <sa. sighs> but his But his, uh, his torture is not over yet. They then went on to mix laxatives into the bag. And then after the feeding, left him there. Strapped to the chair all night soiled in his own waste and vomit. The next day, they started again. Others have said that they would come twice a day at various times to grab them, throw them in a chair, and feed them for a tube. Can you imagine going through all that shit and then they're just like, eh, leave them. They give, give you laxatives for no reason. You're already on a liquid diet, so shitting's not going to be an issue. But they give yeah, you laxatives yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they just leave you there. <laughs>
1: That in itself is a torture, I think.
0: Yeah,
1: ah. but you don't have to go
0: all the way down to Cuba for force feedings in America. No, no, you can get that locally sourced in Colorado, of all places, home of the Rocky Mountain Blues,
1: or whatever the hell the thing posters. is, or something to a like or some shit. But <laughs> it tastes like piss.
0: <laughs> Specifically. The United States Penitenti- Penitentiary Administrative Maximum Facility in Florence, Colorado, otherwise known as the ADX, focusing mostly on the H unit, where hunger strikes were met with harsh force feedings. Quote, the PA does not pull the plastic tube after the feeding is completed gently. As a matter of fact, he pulls it out as if he's pu- uh, putting it out of a bull's nose he was trying hard to force me to stop my hunger strike and by any way of means even if he causes me excessive pain force feeding occur in other u.s prisons too though it is unclear how often and where state facilities have maintained the practice for decades and the new york times reported that detainees in ICE custody were force-fed after refusing to eat in protest of their indefinite detention uh, just like the federal bureau of Pu- the federal bureau of prisons ice and state prison systems have hunger strike policies in place guiding how and when the procedure which they term involuntary feeding should be conducted yet experts believe that force feeding in the h unit May surpass those at any other site. So, I like
1: yeah, the way they the, um turn it into what they want, as long as it suits them. Like the involuntary feeding,
0: yeah. Thing is, well, it's like
1: you know that's branding.
0: That's what you have to do. It's branding.
1: Yeah, like it like what was I can't remember which one of the people in earlier on they were saying they said it was like um like a form of rape almost like you know which is yeah. true like you know and. It's like a yeah, involuntary sex, you know, and then you can put put that in front of nearly any involuntary death, you know, murderers, you know, like it's
0: involuntary penetration. It's yeah. No, that's rape. It's artificial. Uh, artificial. Bro, <sighs> no, it's <that's> still rape. <sighs> And listen, listen I, could, I could go on with dozens of personal stories of how horrible and painful and uncomfortable and inhumane these feedings are. But if you really want to see for yourself, you can actually go online, YouTube mostly, and watch it being done. There is a video of the rapper and Ford from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, most deaf, having it done voluntarily to him... Back in 2013, because that's when uh, of the huge influx of Guantanamo Bay prisoners were getting um, force-fed. And so for Ramadan, he decided that he was going to go through what they were going through. So he volunteered for it. It is hard to watch. Because even though he's there knowing what's going to happen, letting them do it, he, he immediately his body goes into this fight-or-flight response. Yeah. And it, it it's it's very hard to watch. Uh, but I'll post the link in our show notes. I'll probably end up posting the video up on our socials. So, Dan, you have any pop culture references? Were you able to find any?
1: One of my uh, most favorite uh, pop culture references, um, actually, to date, um, which I will add as my background image, out no, in two seconds. Okay, fair. Um, boom! There you go.
0: <laughs> the Simpsons, The <laughs> Simpsons Hell episode with the donuts. Yeah. I don't think that counts because he liked. He was he, he enjoyed it.
1: Still, yeah, he's a force feeding them though. Yeah, it was the you ironic punishment of, division.
0: I think of uh, gluttony from seven.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a brilliant. That's a good one. Yeah.
0: God,
1: yeah. Damn it, that's hard. Um, <laughs> it's such a great film. Uh, Taylor Swift sadly doesn't have any songs about hunger striking or right, anything like that or about force feeding but she did do a song for the Hunger Games which uh, doesn't she, count.
0: She must not have ever broken up with the guy who force fed her or that she not force really fed not. otherwise we'd have a song about it.
1: That's true. Uh, uh, obviously Temple of the Dog did the hunger strike song which isn't actually about actual but just, yeah, striking it was... but That's a, it's a different thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah there's plenty of it to do in Irish history as well and to do with the troubles in Northern Ireland and all that stuff to people, hunger striking. And then there would have been cases of force feeding, obviously, and stuff like that. But right, um, yeah, there isn't um, as much that I could see offhand. Sadly, I can see like, and they're saying Wikipedia tons of stuff to do with um, references to stuff. But mm-hmm. I couldn't really think of any off my head. Cause I remember seeing it in a show or a movie and I could not remember um what well, it was but i'll have to double check now because it should have had this up already
0: yeah it's all right uh and some people might be out there be screamed like well what about the animals that get force-fed because it happens to animals a lot um this is a show about torturing human beings i don't want to depress anybody by by talking about torturing animals all right we're, we're sick, fucks, but we we only go so far, okay. I even post it in my Instagram posts uh, when we're covering when I'm covering what movie I watched for our 31 day of Halloween movie challenge, which you should go do by the way, um, if the dog dies or not, so you just know going into it, all right? Because I'm not a monster. <laughs> I let you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So yeah, have have all the people in the world dying for all the care, and as soon as an animal dies, the same. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jason, Michael, Freddy, Chucky—they can go on whatever killing spree they want. Second that fucking dog dies, you know what? Fuck you. I think,
1: um the I haven't played it yet, but the Blair Witch video game that came out a couple of years ago, and I remember when that was originally when that was being launched, and there's scenes of it like where you're walking and you have a dog with you. everybody in the comments the very first thing was if that if anything happens to that dog like fuck you, (laughs) like it is before anybody played the game it was just announced everyone in the comments was like if anything happens to that dog
0: yeah i watched i watched three movies in a row where the dog died and i was like what what the fuck the dog dies and dead alive but it it doesn't have the same feel of a dog dying in a movie like normal would because it's it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Which I know sounds weird, but they make it funny. Like they pull the entire dog out of this lady's mouth. Like the whole dog is it's down the... her throat. It's a German Shepherd, and the whole dog is down her throat. And they pull the whole fucking thing out. And then you look over at the bed, and it's just covered in gore. It's The movie's fucking ridiculous. God damn it. man <sighs> Thank you to our patrons, Inquisitor Willow, Quinn Fowler, Inquisitor Jayamondi, and our torture noob, MX sinister 26 uh, If you would like for us to uh, read your email or uh, read a DM on here, uh, torturepod at gmail.com, or our socials are all at torturepod, um, Instagram, X, as Elon likes to call it now, you fucking idiot. You know, all that. Uh, Yeah, I don't get that. It's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. Why? It's been Twitter for fucking years, and it was very famous, and you came along and renamed it and you fucking killed it. It's, ugh, whatever. Head over to our YouTube page um, where you can, you know, watch the show, I guess. We have little snippets and shit. Uh, you can donate at our link tree or buymeacoffee.com slash torturepod or you can go to our Patreon like Willow Quinn Fowler, Zragabani, and MX Center Store 26 and sign up there. Patreon.com slash torturepod First seven days of the Cult Leader tier are free to try out. Um, and also you can go buy merch redbubble.com slash people slash torturepod Dan's got the hoodie on I got the hat on.
1: What do I have? So,
0: oh. Oh. And the bacon, bacon, bacon. Fascination of white room and ling chi and bacon and bacon and bacon and bacon. Uh, hint for our next episode. Sometimes torture murder is family bonding. And we're going to get all true crimey on you next time. Just so you know. Ooh. And it's a dark one. Oh, Damn yeah. any words of Wisdom.
1: Couple of things, no matter how hungry you are on hunger strike, please refuse any sandwiches from Paul Bernardo. <laughs> and don't don't be tempted by the McDonald's carbonara.
0: Do you, I forgot. I have you seen the twenty twenty version of Children of the Corn?
1: No. No, I haven't.
0: My God, I was watching it and, um, they're pumping in this gas to try to, a kid goes crazy and goes into this school or daycare or whatever, starts killing people and starts killing the uh, adults that are in there. And to get him out, the adults in town start pumping gas into the building. And when they look at the, um, the tanker, it fucking says, uh halothane on the side of it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Even while watching a movie, I can't get away from fucking Paul Berardo. <laughs> <laughs> and then the kids go and use it on the adults later on in the movie. It's like, Jesus Christ.
1: Soak of rags and stick it in their face. <laughs>
0: stick it off. Does this rag smell
1: like halothane to you? <laughs>
0: <sighs> Alright. I might, I might uh, give away
1: the cat with a Patreon as well.
0: Yeah. Everybody on <laughs> Patreon knows knows your cat. Is that Smudge?
1: No, it's sooty. Oh, Soty. Because he's not black. No, Smudge has
0: white. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And Smudge won't get up on my shoulders like this.
0: <laughs> and then fall off. <laughs> I guess it jumped off, but from here. Like it we got his back
1: paw caught in the edge of my hoodie here. Oh. Just see the big scrape I have because of the asshole there. Where, where is it here? I've got a massive one down my arm here. Somewhere. Yeah, you can't see it in the camera. But I have a big huge one going down my arm where he jumped onto my back and then lost his balance and decided to jump off my back but was stuck to me. So he <laughs> kind of scraped down me. <laughs> yeah. Like it.
0: Yep. Oh fuck. Alright, well that's all we got so take care of yourselves take care of one another and we'll see you
1: Slant